RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, state statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Boom. Good afternoon, Patriots, and welcome back to another episode of Occam's Razor. The midterm elections are days away, and it looks like Brazil is going through what we went through in 2020. The only difference is the people of Brazil are not staying home. They're out there in the streets. They're demanding that the military step in. At this point, Jair Bolsonaro has not conceded, but he's indicated he's going to allow the transition to go through. So what's going to happen? I don't know. But it could be a prelude to what we're going to see here next week with our own midterm elections. But let me remind you, my friends, things are very different. It could go both ways, I'm not going to lie. I think probably it's going to be a mixed bag. Nobody ever gets everything they want. But if I can make a prediction, I think that we are going to have a decisive victory in a number of ways. However that looks, I believe it will be a complete and utter rebuke of the Democrats and their agenda of death and destruction. So do me a favor, don't forget to like and share the broadcast. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. We will be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, everyone. Uh, There was an update on OBS just before we went live. So things are not exactly how they were previously. So I'm just going to get those uh, queued up here real fast. While I'm doing that, Abe, let me once again welcome you to another episode of Occam's Razor. It's so good to see you. Your studio's looking great, uh, and uh, I trust that you are happy and healthy, or at least surviving. Um, surviving, yes, that I can commit to. It has been a, uh, it's been a, it's been a ride. Um, but uh, I appreciate you all. It's just, it's tough to. Um, it feels like I'm watching everything I've tried to build fall through my fingertips, and it's just so frustrating, man. But in the in the end, you know what it matters, dude that I that we have the audience that we have, and that the message gets sent in any way possible. I'm not really worried about anything else. The rest will fall into place. It's great to see you guys out there. I see many of you wondering about my health. I um yeah, a couple two day head cold bug, uh, the usual uh you know fall cold. Um, kind of getting over that. Still, you can tell my throat's still a little bit messed up, but for the most part, feeling a lot better today. Don't have the fever. Don't have the you know the rundown feel, uh, but still not quite a hundred percent. But it's great to see you guys all out there today. I see a great crowd already over there on Rumble as well as the Foxhole, all your platforms. Great crowd working your way in here today. I know there's lots to talk about and a lot to get to. And always, if you're a streamer. Never do an OBS update until a couple weeks after they do. <laughs> I should know better. Screws me up, bro. <laughs> I should know better at this point in my career, but you know it is what it is. I I, I kind of got ahead of myself. I you know, every time I I do this, you know, when I wait, there's never a problem. There's never a bug. And then when I think, you know, they've been doing this long enough, they they probably got it down pat. Uh, that's when something always goes wrong. Um, also, my friend Brad, who had created a bunch of really cool elements for the show, the moving backgrounds, the spinning logo, I'm not able to use those now as a result of this update. So, Brad, if you're watching, I just want you to know I didn't get rid of everything that you did and all the hard work that you put into it. OBS deprecated the features that allowed me to overlay video elements. So now I need to figure out exactly how I'm going to get this taken care of and uh, and continue to use the awesome stuff that I had before. So in the days to come, things should be returning to normal, basically. But... <clears throat> Let me real quick say thank you very much, everybody. Over there on Rumble, I saw there was a bunch of people hanging out before we even began, and uh, I absolutely love to see that. I love to see an active chat. For some reason over on Foxhole, I am only – there we go. Uh, I was only getting the gold pills, and now I was able to uh, switch it so that I can see the rest of the chat as well. Um, You know, Abe, I want to begin today by talking about something that 
is really, really important to me. And I, I would imagine, I would feel like it should be important to most people. This is in regards to, to Greg and Catherine, True the Vote, and of course, Patriot Games, okay? So there has been a, a, a disturbing trend that I've noticed recently in the way that people have been characterizing this story. So I, I thought it was important to bring a little bit of context uh, and situational relevance to the story to perhaps help people better discern the information that they're getting and maybe uh, start to consider why it is that people would be so quick to dismiss Greg and Catherine. Yeah, I'm really glad that you want to address this right off the bat today. Also, just a quick sound check from everyone out there. Make sure I'm not too hot. Usually I'm kind of hot on you, bro. All right, no problem. So so here, first of all, I want to play... This message from Catherine that uh, she just posted yesterday, okay? This is uh, uh, recorded from prison. Remember, she committed no crimes. She has been uh, uh, imprisoned along with Greg, uh, having her civil rights violated. Uh, No trial, no even claims uh, of any illegal activities. Simply at the whim of uh, an activist judge who has admitted in court, I've got the transcripts, admitted that he had a personal bias against Greg and Catherine based upon the work they were doing to secure the elections in the United States. Take a listen to this. Hey, everyone, this is Catherine. Um, Greg and I would like to thank everyone for their prayers and kind messages of support. We are both okay. Admittedly, this was um, not on my bucket list, but nonetheless, I've learned a lot and in making Wanted to let you all know that we are appealing to the Fifth Circuit Court, and we pray that they will take our case. Um, we ask that you would join with us in prayer, but also please, please stay focused on task at hand, which in its most immediate sense is uh, the midterm election. Um, every time you think about us, please call a friend and ask if they voted. In the next few days, every time you feel angry or frustrated, turn the passion into action and just help. Get out the vote, serve, pray. If we stick together, we can do anything. And, and mark my words, mark my words, change is coming. So hold the line, keep the faith. God bless America. And I'll, I'll see you soon. All right. So I, I love <clears throat> that the number one thing Catherine is asking for is for us to pray for her, because really, that's all we can do. All right. Going to the Fifth Circuit Court uh, is going to take some time. Uh, unfortunately, it's a process that has to be followed through on. Now, what is distressing to me is the characterization that has come out of those transcripts uh, from their time in court. In court, Greg and Catherine identified themselves as confidential sources for the FBI. Now. Some people hear that and they immediately think, oh, like Igor Danchenko, somebody who was getting paid, who was on the FBI payroll, who was doing nefarious things. Well, let me tell you this. If you are purview to a crime, if you have information related to a crime and you take that information to the FBI, if you are a part of an organization that is committing crimes uh, or you are just uh, a party to knowing the information – They're going to keep your information confidential, either so that you can remain safe or so that you can continue to bring them evidence of criminal activity that's taking place. What Greg and Catherine did in bringing the Connick information to the FBI created a situation where they became confidential sources to the FBI. Now, they have also been open about attempting to bring additional evidence of criminal activity on other cases to the FBI as well. That expands their role as FBI informants. Now, the status as an FBI informant does not mean you're a criminal. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. All it means is that you've done the right thing. And if we truly are the party of law and order and we want to win, we want to beat the bad guys at their own game, the only way that we can legitimately do it is through the processes that we have in hand. And that would be attempting to get law enforcement to do their job to go after these guys and to act on the information that was given to them. However, there are people out there on Truth Social that are like, Greg and Catherine exposed as FBI informants. It's over. 
red pill, you got taken for a ride. You know, you're stupid or anybody who thinks that Greg and Catherine deserve any type of mercy as their uh, as their rights, as their civil rights are just stripped from them. Uh, I think that is so ignorant. And let me tell you this. It's not just because you don't understand the 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 phrasing or the title of an FBI informant or what an FBI informant might be. But it's that what's happened to them can happen to you if for some reason you find yourself in a civil case and the judge who's an activist, who's a Democrat, who doesn't like the work you do as a conservative or a champion for election integrity, decides that they want to throw you in jail because you're going to stand on your your morals because you're not going to turn over the information that might endanger somebody else's life, then you immediately find yourself in prison in the same way that they did. And you can have this happen to you too. Greg and Catherine are not unique in this respect. This is something that any activist judge can do if they wanted to. And nine times out of 10, you're not going to have the money that Catherine and Greg have at their disposal to fight that fight. You're not going to have the legal representation available to you to make sure that you even are able to fight the the system and get out of prison. Now, Greg and Catherine, true the vote. It's a 501c3. They accept donations, tax-deductible donations, so that they can continue their work. Some people have attacked them for that. Well, I'll be the first to tell you that in order to do investigations such as they've done, it requires money. The people that do the investigations, that do the investigative work, they are certified, they are educated, they are lettered, And they are noted as such, and they are going to expect money for those investigations. This is just a simple fact of life, and we live in what should be a capitalist free market society. And for people to attack them for having some type of financial role in any investigation is, again, patently ignorant. And really, that's that's the end of it right there. But those two things just really just blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. And I have to think that the people who are out there saying these things about them, who's, who are they actually working for? What side are they actually on? You know, we have no way to know if they're not being paid by the Chinese, or maybe they are the real bad FBI informants who are out there trying to spread disinformation. Glowies all over the place. Glowies all over the place. We are absolutely inundated with propaganda, you guys. And you got to stop and think every time somebody says something like that, you know, who benefits? Qui bono? Who benefits? <clears throat> Certainly I'm, the Chinese would benefit. I'm so glad that, I mean, first of all, thank you for simply defining what a confidential human source is. Mm-hmm. We were told about five minutes into um, sitting down at the pit <laughs> what we got ourselves into. And we all stood there and said, we will stand by your side in this because we were we were told up front. Uh, up front mm-hmm. with no uncertain terms the risk involved with getting involved in this and all of us jumped in two feet and said we're by your side in this because it's for the right cause a week ago greg phillips and i have my have my beard <laughs> <laughs> uh greg phillips true this doing right isn't always easy but it's always right we were held in contempt of court because we refused to burn a confidential informant or our researchers. We go to jail on Monday unless we comply. The people out there that seed this kind of disinformation or misinformation or malinformation, I should call it, have these huge accounts and these huge followings, bro. And, and I'm not a jealous person, okay? That's not where I'm coming from. But watching this develop over the past five years, trying to be as real and direct as well as non-misleading to my audience, watching these other audience seed topics and put um, hysterical crap out there day after day after day and getting these huge followings and thousands of dollars sent their way. It's not jealousy. It is a complete lack of understanding of how to connect with people, apparently, because somehow all of this stuff becomes the spotlight of the day. And the truth is, we all know how that somehow happens. It's seeded topics from glowies. There's no two, there's there's no way to hide behind that. 
So mm-hmm. at some point, our community as a whole needs to start standing up and saying, look, I understand that you have followed this account for a long time and you like the information that they have been telling you and you have grown a, a liking to this account or the, these people that are telling you these things. We're not telling you just to walk away from them, just to look more into the information before you just retruth it or spread it out there. Mm -hmm. The other thing that that really bothered me about all this, bro, was the information behind this is that China had information on our election workers to include their children, grandchildren, and all the way down the chain where they live with uh, more information about them than you would ever want to know. And the only thing that's being talked about is Greg and Catherine. Absolutely. And it goes even deeper than that, Abe, because we know at least in Allegheny Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, that Connect poll chief system had direct access to the voter registration logs. That is an essential part of our national critical infrastructure and our election system. So how many other places throughout America did Connick and by de facto the Chinese Communist Party also have some sort of lever of access into our election system? This is the story. And nobody out there in mainstream media is talking about it. And I I want everybody to know, you know, I'm not, I hope you don't think I'm yelling at you. I am simply venting and making sure that I get this off my chest. Uh, I know that, you know, the the vast majority of you, if not all of you, are completely on the same page as this. The vast majority of this audience. But but, we have to address the bigger picture of what we see happening among the community because people talk about me as being a divider because I dare question the narrative of some people or question the, 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 the sourcing behind it or the information behind it. That's not division. Division is when you seed stuff like this, that causes a rift. This, this is exactly what happened in 2010 to the tea party as well. And it's, they're using the same tactics. A glowy big Magoo, big Mamu is, uh, is a, 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 an agent of some kind, who is um who is tasked with seeding information in the guise of division or propaganda or misleading information making or to get you to do something illegal <laughs> or to get you to do something illegal do a do yeah. a terror do a terror yeah. uh, that kind of thing so there's um the the glow, a perfect example of the glows is the Whitmer case another example is Ray Epps um so so those are the kind of people that 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 raise the discussion, mm. that seed topics into discussions that normally wouldn't be, you know, t- t- bantered about among an audience like ours. Mm-hmm. But when somebody comes in and starts putting stuff in there and starts seeding topics and then argues and continues to argue as if they have an idea of what they're talking about, they can be very effective at manipulating people. And it's it's very frustrating, man. It yeah. really is. The, the best part is, is the audience we have isn't that, you know, we're not talking to you. It's the bigger picture of this. Right, right. But I also know that there are people out there who have said this and other people look at, you know, in an isolated post on Truth Social, Greg and Catherine are FBI informants. Oh, my gosh. You know, I guess we're not supposed to trust them anymore. And they don't go any deeper than that. So I just hope that uh, that everybody here understands where I'm coming from, because this is something that has to be said. We have to be willing to stop and think a little logically about things and consider context in everything in its totality. Now, you guys, before we move on, I, oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. The context, <laughs> the final context that Newsmax is not talking about, OAN's not talking about, is government collusion with the Department of Defense with China on our election systems, not just in America, but in what was the what was it, the Australia, France, mm-hmm. I think, um, one other, several yeah. other places potentially, <clears throat> you know, so. You would think that these big accounts would stay focused on what is important in this, and they're not. So that should tell you something. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I also need to ask everyone here to please pray for my Uncle Paul. Um, He was found to have a a tumor on one of his kidneys. This this kidney had been operated on before, uh, and it's to the point where they have to go in and they have to completely remove his entire kidney. Um, and I just I just want to ask everybody to please keep my uncle in your prayers uh, because he, he's a great guy and this has been a really tough and trying time. My mom uh, dropped this in the um, uh, in the rumble chat. Please send prayers for my bu- brother. He's having a major operation on December first, and I want to fortify him as he waits this month. Thank you with all my heart. <clears throat> I can only imagine what my uncle's going through, having to wait for this operation to take place, knowing that he's in mortal danger. So please. Keep him in your prayers and uh, continue to pray for Greg and Catherine as well. This is uh, paramount and never stop, never stop 
telling people what happened with Connick. Never stop reminding them that Greg and Catherine unearthed a direct connection between the Chinese Communist Party and the U.S. election system. That is the most important thing, and nobody is talking about it. None of the mainstream media is talking about the fact that their civil rights are being shit all over, and they're in prison for no reason. They have no release date. They have no bail. The only thing the judge will accept is them releasing the private information about the people who helped them uncover the most massive criminal action taking place in our election system that I can possibly imagine. Malign foreign influence in the U.S. elections. Indeed. Sorry about that. Faith over fear, uh, 17. Always a great patriot out there, and I really appreciate your input always. Thank you for helping to guide us in this journey, Um, reminding us that Canada is is the other one as well. And again, man, why can't we focus on – it's not just that, that our information was stored on a server in China. All right. If you go back to what happened in Australia during the COVID outbreak, there was supposed to be an update to Australia's uh, um, uh, voting systems to make sure that they had no, these bugs, <laughs> these features worked out. <laughs> and suddenly COVID hit and the Australian election was rigged. So this goes back to the Australian election and the, and the MP that has been brave enough to speak about this has also been sued by Connick and will probably continue to try to be targeted for daring to tell the truth. This is how China does what they do, how the CCP and President Xi do, does what they do to get people to do what they necessarily wouldn't do. Absolutely. Now, <clears throat> let me give you guys an example of uh, a, a bad example of an FBI informant right here. Uh, This is a circumstance where the FBI approached a patriot named Jeremy Brown. He was a former Green Beret. They asked him to be an FBI informant on January 6th because they uh, apparently wanted him to go there and to inform on the activities of MAGA Republicans. He turned them down. That's the kind of gig you don't want to pick up. They wanted him to inform on people who weren't even planning to commit crimes. So what did the FBI do? They went and arrested him after the fact. He has also been held in prison with no due process. Uh, I don't even think that he was there on January 6th. He certainly didn't do anything if he showed up on in D.C. on January 6th. Um, but he started speaking out in, uh, in, in March of 2021 about how the FBI had wanted him to be part of the informant network uh, that we're going to be informing on Americans. And so then uh, they came after him and they arrested him. And uh, and now they've attempted to give him a plea deal to make the whole thing go away. Despite the fact that Jeremy committed no crimes, they want him to admit to having committed lesser crimes than what they wanted to convict him of in the beginning. Uh, And, uh, you know, this is an example of what you don't want to do. Now, I think it's really important to note that Not every single person who works for the Federal Bureau of Investigation is a black hat. Not all of them are bad people. I can think of a a number of people in my life that I grew up with, people that I was close with, whose dream was to become an FBI agent so that they could go after the bad guys, so that they could make things right, so that they could uphold that uh, impartial system of justice that we're supposed to have here in America. And, and, and it's just inconceivable to believe that every single person who has has committed their life to serving our country in one form or another must be a bad person. Undoubtedly, there are plenty of them. There are plenty of people who look the other way, too. But every single person working at the FBI doesn't have knowledge or, uh, you know, uh, situational awareness of what every other agent is doing. And I would imagine there have got to be people who see what's happening to Jeremy Brown And they know that it's wrong, uh, that it should never have happened. He's been charged with trespassing, okay, even though he didn't trespass. So now what do they want to give him uh, uh, as a plea deal? Uh, Let's see. It looks like uh, they're willing to drop the seven felonies, (laughs) seven trespassing felonies. uh, And apparently they planted evidence as well to get there uh, if he pleads guilty to two gun charges. But Jeremy is standing by his guns metaphorically, and he is refusing to give in to the coercion of the FBI. This is an example of the bad people, okay? And Jeremy Brown in this instance is an example of the good people. Uh, But there are also good people who bring evidence of actual crimes to the FBI, and there are good FBI agents who investigate and prosecute those. Again, I'm glad that you are staying focused on J6, man, because through all the noise, 
there is still a lot of people who are innocent uh, of the charges that they have been held in solitary confinement for over two years as political prisoners being tortured by the U.S. government under Garland's DOJ. Those are the facts. You cannot change those facts. You cannot, um, you know, you can pontificate and speculate all you want, but those are the facts. This is Garland's DOJ who was overseeing this stuff happening here in America. And I got to be honest with you, for me, <laughs> this election is more about impeaching garland right now than it is about anything else Mm -hmm. because if if this continues into next year with the funding request from the doj to go further deeper into um anybody who maybe was potentially there um you know there you add that with uh with everything that's happened with the pit and and all of this stuff man and people i don't think people realize the amount of of um, potential sacrifice or or risk that that there is out there for anybody who is standing up for truth right now, and when you're when you stand up in a in an environment that is clearly communist, clearly controlled propaganda, and I think I hope there's a big part of the population that sees that, like not just forget about the rest, like just sees somebody who's just uh sits in front of a mic and has potential for life in prison. I mean it it. The, these things not, not i'm not saying me i'm just saying these people here have have that are that are being prosecuted right now they they probably don't see any any future in their lives their families have been destroyed many of them have already died it's um it's horrific to watch bro it really is it truly truly is uh let's go ahead and uh and talk about joe biden's speech last night uh this was uh kind of uh, part 2 of his uh his death MAGA Republican speech that he gave in Pennsylvania. Did you happen to catch any of it, Abe? I saw a couple of the sound clips. There was no way I was watching that crap last night, bro. Um, the sound clips that I saw, I heard mumbling. So that's that's what I got from it, really. Well, uh, it was uh, essentially another national scolding of MAGA Republicans and people who might believe that the midterm elections could potentially be stolen. But then at the same time, He told us that there will undoubtedly be several races who might not be called for several days after the election. Now, I think this is an excellent opportunity to talk about our expectations for November 8th. Um, I was saying in the introduction, Abe, uh, this this is undoubtedly going to be a mixed bag. Oh, wow. I am on the wrong camera. Sorry about that, guys. There we go. (laughs) So this is going to be a mixed bag uh, across the country because in certain states, the same laws that allowed them to steal the 2020 election, or I guess these aren't even laws. These are unlawful actions that were put in place that allowed them to steal the 2020 election are still going to be in place in other states. Are they though? I mean, well, some places they still have, you know, mass mail and balloting. I I, I mean, Pennsylvania, huge win there. Even in Michigan, there's, there's changes, uh, significant changes to the process there. Wisconsin has made major changes. Arizona definitely has made changes, even though they're not, they're not significant in the way that we want compared to the COVID environment. It, it's, it's not the same really, is it? No, no, well, no, it, it's not apples for apples. What I'm trying to get at is that uh, we should have expectations that they are undoubtedly going to attempt to steal the election in every yes. state where they possibly can. Absolutely. And, and in the states where it is most close to what happened in 2020, those ones are the ones we really need to watch. Now, the election laws have been challenged in something like 20 states all across the nation. Many people all across the country now believe that the election of 2020 was stolen. They might not have at the uh, at the outset of 2020 when Joe Biden took office. But I think that the majority of people now believe and understand that it certainly was. So what we're going to see, in my opinion, is an overwhelming show of support for Republicans and an overwhelming rebuke of Joe Biden and the policies of the Democrats. So if they do attempt to steal it, say in some place like Pennsylvania, where we have Dr. Oz going up against a a stroke patient who really should be in rehab instead of out on the campaign trail, it's going to be so obvious that they tried to do the steal. Now, I don't think that necessarily means they'll be successful, but I believe they will definitely attempt to do the same thing that they did again in 2020. Now, we have le- we have lawyers set up for legal challenges all over the nation. 
Uh, we have uh, that those 70,000 poll minders that have been uh, 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 trained by the Republican National Committee. Uh, we have people like us who are going to be vigilant and be watching for things like this. Remember, download Votify now. Johnny V is going to be on the program this Friday. We're going to talk about it, and you're going to hear about all the new features that are available to you. But the most important thing is for us to go into this with our eyes open and to be watching and ready for anything that they might try. And we need to have conversations with every single person that we possibly can. As Catherine said, we need to encourage every single person to vote. We need to encourage every single one of us to be an active participant in this system. And I know there are people out there who think, you know, it's it's a done deal. We're going to win and that's it. I might believe that we are most likely going to sweep this thing. We're going to take back control of the House and the Senate. But I don't think that that means that we should be resting on our laurels. I think that we should fight like our very lives depended on it and make sure that we are as vigilant as ever, no matter how optimistic we might feel. Um, Little Joe's speech is nothing more than seeding the narrative for what they plan to do. And what they plan to do is delay the results as much as possible to Mm -hmm. see where and if they can change the outcome without it being too obvious. So we have to overwhelm them before those late votes come in. And the biggest thing that I saw that still pisses me off about the 2020 election and before is military votes and the overseas votes and the part of the true the vote um, discussion that we had on that front, which was how China created the software to make it easy for overseas, not even citizens Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, to vote in American elections uh, uh, as they're outside of the, of CONUS. So, you know, there's going to be chicanery that's going to happen and they're going to do it right in front of our face again. And the question is going to be, I think at some point, are they able to pull it off, you know, uh, without it being too obvious this time? Or if it is just as obvious as it was last time and now people are finally have eyes on, what is the result that, that the American people come up with to solve this problem? Because, man, does the, do they want to push us into some kind of violence whatsoever? And I think that is the risk of them trying to do this right in front of our face again is they're going to push people to the streets. And I'm afraid of what might happen then, bro. I'm absolutely with you, and this is why I constantly try to harp on the idea of law and order and people doing this in in an orderly fashion. I believe that there will be races that look as if they've been manipulated, certainly. And those ones, uh, I think the people are probably not going to accept the results of those manipulated races. And at the end of the day, we are going to take control of the House and the Senate. That gives us the opportunity for a number of different types of investigations and Let's take a look at some place like uh, Arizona. Uh, just yesterday, uh, there was uh, uh, some news that came out of Arizona where apparently uh, a new investigation has revealed even more election malfeasance from 2020. Let me go ahead and pull that up for you. Uh, this was a, a live stream that Arizona state legislators held uh, presenting new evidence showing that laws and procedures of the 2020 election were not followed. So what can we do about it now? All right. We're almost at the midterm. The the best, in my opinion, the best we can hope for at this point is to ensure that this doesn't happen again in 2020. Now, Katie Hobbs is not a popular candidate. Carrie Lake is going to win. Blake Masters is going to win. I think that Mark Fincham is going to win. This is going to be a clean sweep all across Arizona, because if you didn't believe that the election was stolen in January of 2021, at this point, I think the vast majority of people have realized that, yes, it was. And so people are going to be watching. They're going to be looking for the same things. But we have a couple of very key differences. COVID doesn't exist anymore. Okay, people are not going to be forced to stand back from the count tables. Republicans are going to be in the room. If people show up with suitcases of ballots, I believe we're going to have people there ready to challenge that. So although they might try not only for educating the people uh, and driving home the reality of what 2020 really was all about, Uh, but also in uncovering those evildoers that are out there trying to steal the election again. Jinx, when they take a drink at the same time. No problem, no problem. (laughs) I just, uh, still getting uh, some um, problems with the cold. Um, No, I mean, 
Look, I am nowhere near a black pillar by any means. I'm just trying to be realistic in this. They're going to try to cheat again, and they're gonna and they're going to do it as much as they can in many as many spots as possible. Um, it's just a matter of if if we're able to expose it, eyes on, like you said, and we are much more prepared this time, thanks to, by the way, Catherine and Greg partially and yeah. many others out there, but but a big part of Greg and Catherine and others who are um getting people out in the precincts and things like that. There's a we, we are much more prepared than we ever have been. And that's been the ground game going from uh, keyboard warriors, I suppose, into, um, you know, grassroots keyboard warriors into activating people into the streets and doing what we can. And that's why you see the media writing hit pieces about people. They're going to have people watching. We can't have that. And they're <laughs> trying to pass laws to not allow people to watch ballot boxes and stuff. It's hilarious. Like it, it, they're so obvious in there, what they're trying to do to stop us from just having eyes on that. It says a lot about what they're trying to do, but you know, I, I I'm, I'm very optimistic. I'm very hopeful into the future, you know, but I'm as realistic as possible. I think that 52, uh, area in the Senate is right on point. And I think, um, the, 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 uh, the major shift of about 40 to 50 seats in the house is about what we should expect. And if we get that, I think we should be happy with it and run with it. But then what we have a bunch of hearings in DC next, like, <laughs> so well, let's get the impeachment talk about these, about, uh, Garland going, and maybe we'll put some more pressure on them. That, that's what I'm saying. When we get those, when we get those majorities, that's going to allow us the ability to impeach and the ability to seriously look at this stuff. Um, and I'm, I don't think anybody should look at 2022 as an endpoint. I mean, this is part of a continuum, part of a long journey that we are taking to reclaim our nation. OK, 2022 is just the next next stop along the way. So. Stay focused on what's happening and be ready for the next fight. I know a lot of people are tired, but as long as, long as we're alive, we got to keep fighting, okay? Uh, the fight is never going to end. Evil is always going to try to resurface again. They're always going to try to hit us when we're not looking, to swipe our feet out from underneath us, and this means that we have to be as vigilant as we possibly can. Now, I, I want to switch to Brazil here, Abe, because I think that this is kind of uh, uh, an example of, of what you said could potentially happen if they do successfully steal the election. What happened just now in Brazil was remarkably similar to what we saw happening here in 2020. Now, virtually the entire country voted for Jair Bolsonaro, or, or uh, I don't know how you say his name, I guess. Jair, Jair. My teeth are broken on the bottom, so I might be saying it wrong. But Jair Bolsonaro, Sounds uh, good. by all rights, he should have won. And much like Donald Trump in 2020, he has not conceded the election. And the people of Brazil appear to not be happy with these results. You've got roadblocks all over the nation. Uh, you've got the truckers that are stopping the flow of goods and services. Uh, you have a, arguably a criminal mastermind in Lula da Silva that has uh, uh, officially won the election. Uh, and now you have a transition that is about to take place. We still have time in Brazil for things to go a different way. And what I thought was really interesting is that the people of Brazil are asking the military to step in. And apparently the military is loyal to Bolsonaro. The people who are happy about Lula da Silva being crowned the winner are by and large the, the criminal element of Brazil. Uh, the people that, you know, he shared a, a jail cell with. Uh, Man, it, it's not familiar. Yeah, it's, 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 it's shockingly similar to what we saw in 2020. <laughs> I just, I can't get over it. Uh, it, it really is. I have, um, uh, did you finish your thought or? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right. I have an update from Insider Paper. Now, I know Insider Paper is not a solid source. All right. Um, I use Insider Paper to hear whatever they're saying. If, if you don't allow yourselves to hear what what someone who you disagree with or disagree with their perspective is saying, then you're missing out. And they say this. Lula and Bolsonaro teams to to start Brazil power transition. This is as of 1146 my time this morning from mm -hmm. American Free Press. Again, very likely to seed narratives, but there is some little nuggets in here I think you should hear. 
Um, Brazil has been on edge since the yeah, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> However, the roadblocks have been losing strength. Officials said that there were 74 of them Thursday, down from 250 on Tuesday after Bolsonaro issued an appeal to unblock the roads to avoid damaging the economy and interfering with people's right to move freely. But although the ex-Army Army captain has vowed to respect the Constitution, he has not acknowledged Lula's win or congratulated him. He encouraged legitimate demonstrations in a video posted online, raising fears that Brazil may uh, face turbulent times. Um, the The story that I saw that said that they are asking for the military to be involved. I just want to clarify the way that I understood it and see if you have any any okay. difference in the way that you understood it. What I heard was that the courts had asked the military to give a report on what they saw happen in the election. This was not a Jair move. This was this was a a, a high court of Brazil that asked the the, the military to, re- to provide their report of what they saw in the election, I did not see mobilization by the military under, you know, martial law or any kind of push towards that. The only thing that I saw was the courts asking for a report. And I think we should limit our rhetoric to that until we let this out, see how it plays itself out. Yeah, that, that's why I'm stopping short. Somebody in uh, my show with Brad last night asked if I if we thought that or maybe it was Monday, if we thought that, uh, you know, military is the only way maybe that was referring to Brazil. Uh, I, I tend to think that it, it was it, it was pointing at uh, the United States of America, but I, I leave open the possibility that maybe it was. I mean, Brazil, South America—it's a very different beast than what we have here in in North America. I mean, you talk you talk about banana republics. I mean, that's you know, South America is usually what you think of. Um, but if I, I, it's actually something that could happen there. Okay, like the military has taken power. Uh, in situations like this before. And, and and Lula da Silva is widely accepted to be a criminal felon. I mean, the guy is supposed to be in prison. He was, it, his, his conviction was overturned on a technicality. Uh, and from what I understand, that was because the, the judge that was overseeing the appeal uh, was on the take. But important point, a very yeah, important point. Yeah. Glad you made that. Yeah. So, so there, you know, they, they definitely have, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, it's a Western nation with a Judeo Christian foundation, but then they also have the same types of, uh, you know, moral degradation that's been seeping in for, for many years. Uh, you have organized criminal elements that are involved in, in running of the government and business and industry. Uh, and, uh, you have a large patriot contingent. Now, the, Socialist leaders of the world are celebrating at the idea that Lula da Silva is returning to Brazil, uh, and they don't call Jair Bolsonaro the Trump of Brazil for nothing. I mean, the guy uh, has a lot in common with Trump, and I think that he is a good leader for the country of Brazil. Um, but this uh, th- this question about the the military review of the election system, uh, as far as I know, this was done at the beginning of no, or, excuse me, of October. Uh, so it, it was already there in the past, uh, and I don't know if the military necessarily is continuing to look at the circumstances of what happened. But considering that that Lula da Silva only won in a single area of Brazil, it certainly uncomplicates any possible investigation that might take place. And I just think that it's one of those things that we should continue to keep a watchful eye on because the transition – doesn't happen for a couple of months. So between then and now, I think anything is fair game. And uh, I, I, I am highly interested by the situation down there in Brazil. And I would Indeed. think it, it would be a, a major win for freedom if they did do some type of investigation and look into it. You know, literally, we are two days out. OK, uh, it, it, not much time at all. Think about think about how slow and lumbering bureaucratic government is, how long it takes anything to get done. Uh, There could be discussions happening right now, and we might see something in the coming days. Um, But let's go ahead and keep an eye out for it, really. (laughs) Breaking news on OAN. Hillary Clinton questions your voter intelligence. I question her intelligence. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm extremely intrigued and hopeful for brazil as you know i spent some time in the military down in peru and got to meet the people of of uh backwoods nowhereville uh peru and understand their plight and the world that they live in under shining path and the farc and uh the 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 terrorist groups funded by russia and china down in south america um (laughs) 
that perspective you would think would be more important for some people out there, but I'll leave that aside. Um, I have, I had, there's a special place in my heart for the people of South America. So I have a lot of hope that these people who are great patriots in general, they, they're not, they have seen the corruption of the Marxism and the, and the push from Marxism from China and Russia into South America for decades now. And Luna is, is but a figurehead of that corruption and the people know that man. And so where this goes from here, I just have prayers for the people of Brazil because if 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 they're anything like I know what they may be, this could devolve into a very serious situation where the military could be involved. And so I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not trying to use a Q post or a New York Times draft executive order to to try to explain something that could end in horrific something horrific happening. And I think our perspective on these things needs to be a little more bigger on that, bro. Absolutely. Um. <clears throat> I want to talk about this uh, uh, this story that just came across the wire, Abe. It's from Wisconsin, so it's uh, it's it's can relevant. I, relevant. Can I interrupt to you, you yeah. first. Yeah, this is a more important breaking news story. I think. Did you see that there was a, a, an intruder at Mar-a-Lago today this morning? I, no, I did not. No, what happened? I, I just saw this popping up, and I, I guess it was popped around nine a.m. Uh, Misty G, others um, highlighting this. There was a an urgent sweep from Secret Service of a trespasser in Mar-a-Lago. Now, this coming after the the, the notum, um, which I'm surprised there wasn't already a notum over uh, Mar-a-Lago, considering he's a uh, former president and it still should have Secret Service protection under notums. Uh, so the fact that that was announced makes me is curious. But then you have this now. Um, people asking if it was a homeless, illegal Black Lives Matter dude. Um, <laughs> maybe not time for jokes, but... You know, sweet Secret Service sweeping into action, looking for a trespasser suddenly this morning. Also in the news today, I thought we should hop on that real quick and see if you've heard anything else about that or anyone else out there in the in the audience. Maybe I have not heard anything. Let me take a look. Intruder. I tried I to think- do just a quick fact check. I see Misty G had something and um and a couple others just uh, around eight thirty nine o'clock this morning. So. Hmm. Well, the um, only thing that I'm finding is in regard to that Chinese woman from a couple of years ago. But I, you know, I, I, I think that this is important in uh, how it's not being reported because we just had the intruder at Paul Pelosi's residence, uh, who appears to be a, a, a gay nudist activist, progressive, uh, who had a fake website uh, loaded up with uh, conspiracy theories so that he could be used as some prop for the Democrats. Hillary Clinton just called him part of the uh, Republican cult or something like that. And then you have an intruder at Mar-a-Lago just days later. Certainly, President Trump wasn't meeting anybody off of Grinder or off of uh, <laughs> Plenty of Fish or something. So, I mean, this this seems to me to be just a little <laughs> bit more serious. And, and 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 kudos to the Secret Service for doing their job. I mean, yeah. for all we know, uh, you know, as soon as this guy or this woman, whoever it is, came onto the property, they were immediately on top of it. Unlike the Capitol Police, who have an outpost in San Francisco and who are directly monitoring the camera activity at the Pelosi home, they didn't even know that there was an intruder until the police arrived and they saw the cop lights. I am really interested to see the body cam footage uh, of the David DePape, Paul Pelosi, tete-a-tete, shall we say. You Uh, you know, part of of the whole Joe Biden speech that we talked about earlier that we probably should have hit on a little bit more maybe was is the gaslighting and – the raising of the temperature by leftists in this country has been for the mm-hmm. past five years, day after day, we should have a montage. There's there's a, a job for Tucker Carlson's crew. Put a yeah. montage together of every single leftist who has called for some type of violence or, or action in the streets or whatever they can against anyone who dares stand against their stuff, their their narrative or whatever it may be. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, Absolutely. But, you know, part of what of the consequence of these leftists running their mouths out there is partially incitement and they should be blood on their hands for it, but I'll wait for that, I guess. Uh, No, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, That is definitely something that needs to be highlighted. And it's always been, it's always been the way the Democrats and the left operates. Uh, They project that which they preach onto other people. They're the ones who are calling for violence. They're the ones who have murdered us in the streets. They're the ones who burned down American cities. Um, You know, (laughs) I was having a conversation with somebody recently about what happened in 2020. And they said, 
you know, what, you know, the all of the unrest was about people feeling that, you know, they didn't have a voice and uh, they 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 just snapped and they they wanted to uh, to force people to listen to them. Well, you know, I can understand people feeling like they don't have a voice. I can understand people, you know, feeling the need to get something done, um, you know, but. Why burn down the houses of the people that, you know, are part of that group? You know, why burn down the businesses of people who are affected by the same things that they're affected by? You know, why didn't they go after the houses of the people who were actually oppressing them? Uh, you know, that's crazy. Uh, and that's because the reason they didn't do that is because, of course, the, the left is not going to suggest that you go out and burn down their homes. They are going to suggest that you go out and burn down your own homes. Nobody right. on the Republican side is telling you to go after Paul Pelosi or Hillary Clinton. I mean, we're telling you to to work within the confines of the law. Uh, so, you know, this is just the, the, the same thing they do every single time. They accuse us of being somehow full of hate and rhetoric and inciting violence all across the nation. But they're the ones who actually do it. And it's just it's, it's, what happens. It, it's interesting to see. I've, I've often said it several times over the past few years. I always wondered how the hell Hitler and his cronies was able to control people so easily and get them to buy into evil. And now you see how the hell they did it. Yeah. Um, you were saying um, there was a Wisconsin story that was breaking before I yes. really interrupted you, but I thought that was important to cover. What? Give, give me back to that. I wanted to hear that, too, as well, bro. OK, so I, I guess the deputy director of Milwaukee's election commission has been fired for election fraud for sending out fake military ballots to state residents. Now, this might not have gotten the attention that it did, and she might not have lost her job if it wasn't for the fact that she sent three fake military ballots to Representative Janelle Branchin, who is like arguably the pit bull of Wisconsin election security. Uh, so Janelle, she received three ballots, military ballots, for a woman named Holly who has never lived there uh, and doesn't currently live there. So she got these three. Oh, and they each had three different last names. It was like Holly Johnson, Holly Smith, and, and Holly somebody else. So she got these ballots last Thursday. And she said, well, this looks to me like somebody is probably uh, trying to show how easily you can send out military ballots in Wisconsin. I, I, if they were trying to make a statement, I actually think that it worked. However... Uh, it looks like the the woman who was the deputy of the election commission was doing more than that. Like maybe she was actually sending these ballots out to a number of different people uh, so that she could just flood the system with these ballots. And then those ballots could be harvested and then used to elect whoever it is that they wanted to elect. So her name is uh, – the director is Claire Woodall Vogg. We've spoken about her here on the show before. And the deputy was Kimberly Zapata. So she's been fired for committing election fraud. I don't know if she's being charged in this, uh, but this is this is you know pretty shocking and 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 rather brazen, if I might say. Sorry, I'm just laughing at, at OAN playing a montage of all of the rhetoric from the radical left over the oh. past four years, calling for violence while we're sitting here live. Asking you shall receive. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna love it, um, dude. I have been waiting. There has been. Um, the Wisconsin, that's why I'm, I'm just missing so much. I was getting into the grassroots deep and I'm just, I miss those guys so much up there, bro, because they're very effective at, at getting this stuff out there. And Janelle Branchin, God bless her and God, please continue to keep your, her in your prayers, you guys, because she is a strong patriot, one of very, of less than a handful of patriots up in Wisconsin who are standing up for our civil rights. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'll tell you, these kind of schemes, these military ballot schemes, that's exactly what the story is there again, right? And it's Absolutely. good to see people being held accountable, bro, for sure. So, you know, this is something that uh, um, Luke Slytalker had pointed out on the show before. I mean, Wisconsin's not the only place where you can go and request a ballot to be sent out without having to show an ID or without really having to prove that you're even the person who's doing the requesting of the ballot. Um, so, you know, I, I think that this points out a, a very important inherent flaw in the system 
And any state that has the ability to just go to the website and request a ballot to be sent out, I mean, that has to be uh, looked at and it has to be shored up just a, a little bit more. So, and this is the the true the vote find, right? This this is the the Chinese software that's used for our overseas and military ballots. This is how easy it is to request ballots. You don't even have to have a proof of ID. Really, you can just request it in any name, and that's that's the story again here too. That is. Again, you think I'm waiting for mainstream media to cover stories like this. And they won't. Of course, they never will. All right. So uh, you guys, we're re- up, we're, we are wrapping it up. We're at the end of the show. Uh, I don't see any Rumble rants over on Rumble. So thank you very much to my mom for that message and for reminding me. Uh, I do need to say thank you to Mitzi. Mitzi just dropped uh, a cash app donation. Let me go ahead and pull that up. Uh, any message from Mitzi? No message from Mitzi, but Mitzi, I really do appreciate the support. Thank you very much. Uh, also, if we go over to buy me a coffee, let me just make sure there's nothing over there. And uh, let's see. Uh, no, nothing new over there, but Mara was the last donation the other day. So thank you very much, Mara. Uh, going over to the foxhole, Nikki the Greek started it off with a cookie. Thank you. AL and God wins uh, donated 384 gold pills. Thank you. Hang 10 alien surfer. Good to see you again, buddy. Dropping a cookie. Okay. Roni. Thank you for the gold pills. Luan V. Thank you for the gold pills. Gambera. Thank you for the shades. All Thaddeus. Appreciate the cookie. Uh, Tam growl. Thank you for the can mountain lace says we need to start looking into these judges background for blackmail info. Are they compromised? I, I hate to say this, but I mean, I, I think that, yeah, they're definitely blackmailed. They're definitely uh, compromised in their backgrounds. And uh, unfortunately, these people are very careful. Uh, and unless we can find like obvious business relationships, you know, they're, they're, I don't know any other way that we can prove that these people have, uh, you know, relationships that are, are going to allow them or suggest that they would be doing things outside of the boundaries of the law. You know, judges are almost untouchable. Oftentimes, they are given lifetime appointments. And so, you know, it uh, the I think that the best thing we can do would be to investigate, you know, this is a big job, but it needs to be done. Uh, any judges that are up for election in any any race anywhere, people need to spend some time and go through their records and investigate it in the same way we did with uh, what was her name? Katanji uh, Brown Jackson, same way we did for Katanji Brown Jackson. Um, I will say this too, Abe, you know, this is not something that's being widely reported, but Right now, affirmative action is uh, before the Supreme Court, and that is huge, yes, huge. Is. I don't think it's going to survive, and, uh, and, and no, and, and I think that that is uh, that is a good thing uh, because a massively we need, good thing. We, Have you ever seen Rounders, the the flick Rounders? Uh, years ago, I think I saw it. You should watch it about a hundred more times. It's the greatest poker flick ever made. Um, it shows, um, a a young lawyer, um, brilliant mind who works his way up into uh, law firms as a, as a star and ends up following his poker dreams. And he, um, makes his start in judges poker games where all of the judges get together on, on every other night or a weekend night or whatever. And they have their weekly poker game and they talk about cases and with lawyers and all this stuff. that's exactly how i picture our justice system just a bunch of cronies sitting around trying to decide who who wins and who loses you know what i'm saying you know that uh that 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 image of a smoke-filled back room uh is, is not too far off unfortunately that's exactly what we have uh also who cares says uh zach uh may be able to meet you the third weekend of december if you want hey and he says oh seven abe absolutely dude uh, you know get in touch with me Send me an email, put that in the subject line, and uh, and we'll get on it. I'll totally hang out. We'll go get some lunch. Mountain Lace says, uh, didn't Bill Gates say this election will cause a civil war? Usually Gates is spot on with his crystal ball. Uh, yes, Bill Gates did say that. I think that uh, that's exactly what they're hoping for, and it's all the more reason why we should not give them what they want. If a civil war breaks out here in America, undoubtedly they will attempt to use that as a justification to take our Second Amendment uh, to subjugate us even further. I think that the best thing we can possibly hope for is that we get out there, we win by getting out the vote, and maybe the left wants to start a civil war, at which point you'll have your Second Amendment supplies and you guys will be just fine. I have all the confidence in the world in that. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you for that cookie. Faith Over Fear 17 says, God bless you both. God bless you as well. 
Uh, and then M the Painter says, quick from Dominican on vacation. Oh, you're in the Dominican Republic on vacation? Thank you very much, M the Painter. I hope you're having a good time. I've never been to the Dominican Republic. Never really been outside of America. I, I went to... Um, I went to some island one time for a winter for a, for a wedding. I, I don't remember where it was. It was beautiful, but uh, yeah, I, I've never really done anything like that. So uh, uh, hopefully someday you guys will see me on a on a cruise ship or on the the sands of Saint Tropez or something like that. But anyways, Abe, what do you got coming up tonight? Um, we analyzed the affirmative action case yesterday. We're going to dig into more SCOTUS stuff today. I'm still digging in on the North Carolina case. That's going to be coming up here pretty soon as well. So I'm keeping an eye on that. So keep an eye on that stuff with me today, guys. And also back into the groove a little bit. In the last couple of days, I had just been under the weather and only been able to do about a 15 minute stream just to say hello to everybody. And I'm going back to bed. Uh, so back at a two hour, full two hour show here today. And then tomorrow for a full uh, round table, call in hangout session. Whoever wants to hang out tomorrow, four Eastern five central Monday through Friday, uncensoredave.com. God bless you all. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, let me hang out with you, Zach. Absolutely. God bless you as well. Thank you everybody for hanging out with us today. Let me pass out these gold pills. Hold on just a second. I got to get to the right screen. All right. The scratching has been released. I will be back later this afternoon with another episode of Red Pill News. And then at 4 p.m., actually first at 4 p.m., I will be with, uh, quite frankly, and Adel Nero on Taking It Back. And then after that will be Red Pill News. So I'll see you over there on 412 Productions. And until that time, good luck and God bless. We'll see you tonight. Well, guys, my video doesn't work because OBS was updated. So we're just going to end the show. Thank you very much, and we'll see you guys later.